Welcome to another edition of the Grizzden Pod. It is draft night. We're all together watching. Uh, 14 minutes and two seconds until the draft starts on ESPN. Welcome, Brantley, to the uh, podcast. Let's go. Hey, Ty. Hey. All right, so we're going to be recording live uh, as things happen. So when you listen back, it's going to be hilarious because I'm sure there's going to be parts of this where we sound like idiots because we don't know what's coming. I think that's the goal, actually. Yeah. We we want we want it to be sort Humble of like an, an anthology, a uh, you know live in the moment opinions about what's going down, and by the end of the night, who knows what it's going to look like. Um, all right, so before we get started, I think the main question here for you guys is, what do you hope happens for the Grizzlies at the end of the night? I think my hope is so. I was reading a bunch of. Um, kind of last-minute articles a day of uh, national writers kind of throwing out some stuff. And one thing John Hollinger threw out was um, the Celtics almost can't draft three different players because they don't have the room for them. Um, they already have 14 players on the roster, which they're pretty much maxed out. So rumor is they've been trying to package all three of those and a potential player to like move up in the draft. Doesn't sound like that's really – got any other teams interested as much. So the rumor that John Hollinger threw, not a rumor, but an idea that he threw out is packaging uh, their 30th overall pick in the draft and a guy, don't even know his first name, but his last name is Poirier. Uh, Poirier, yeah. Uh, Vincent. You know, Vincent Poirier, yeah. who makes like $2.5 million. So technically that would save Boston a little bit of money. And so they would package 30 in Poirier and try to move down in the draft. So I kind of hope we give them 40 and take on Poirier and move up to 30. So that gives us our one pick of the night is the last pick of the first round. I'd love to see that happen. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But that's kind of my realistic, has a chance to happen, hope. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys that we met throughout there in the last episode of the podcast that – have now, since we've talked, been projected to go anywhere from like 25 to not even drafted. Yeah. So at least 30 gives you an opportunity on the you know sooner side of, of that range. Yep. Brantley, what do you hope happens? So if tonight is really ca- as chaotic as people are projecting it to be, and because the start of the, you know, after the season drama of the NBA has been sort of nuts with big stars. Um, I think that I hope that we just, I will be okay if we don't do anything. Hey, I'll say that. But if we just somehow use our position to get involved, I just hope it's very clear that we took advantage of the situation and won something with not, without really ruining our chances for next year's draft to have a significant pick. And I think that just – which I don't think that there's anything we could really do to do that except, like, take on a player that would really help us win a whole lot this year potentially and increase um, what we do. I'm not saying tank. I want to be competitive. But I just don't think that this is the year for us to maybe um, get aggressive knowing what kind of exists talent-wise in the draft next year. 
Yeah, and I agree with that overall. I mean, I'm always up for uh, a trade that is is sort of like low risk, high reward that we don't necessarily spend a lot for. We were talking right before this because OKC is trying to blow everything up and just accumulate as many picks as they can, and uh, like they just traded for Al Horford, which got them a couple of picks. Um, but obviously, Horford is one of the worst contracts in the league now. So they're obviously in that mode. And Ubre, um, infamously part of the the Brooks debacle um, a couple of years ago now, is available. Uh, OKC now owns his rights from the Chris Paul deal. Uh, he is an expiring contract, though, and I'm sure they're going to try to get a pick for him. Uh, I would probably I would shoot them like a second round pick for him I don't I probably wouldn't do a first just because we're not in that we're not in that uh point in time yet where we need to be uh spending more than we're accumulating in my opinion so I think we're all on the same page there it would be fun to get in on some action if they have some some uh player that they've been scouting that can just launch from three uh, at a high clip that would be nice to have on the roster Sort of a what Guterich maybe was supposed to be, but wasn't. Uh, so, I will say this: I do think that there could be some indicators of things that happen in the draft that have impacts that we can sort of conject or, or you know project around for the Grizzlies as like what this next season would look like. And so, when we talk about looking stupid, I think that's what we're just gonna like all jump out and just throw stupid opinions. Like if you see the Bulls move up, does that mean Zach Levine? you know, Ty Smith's boy somehow is, is available for the Grizzlies to go after, you know, like, uh, I think that's one thing that, that, you know, just stupid examples like that, where you could see teams jockey around. Does that mean that they're, you know, going to get rid of other players? I mean, you're seeing just minute by minute things change, like Al Horford getting traded and, you know, what's happening with Harden. Like, it's not surprising that some of those things could be sort of happening alongside of this tonight, which, could make you know it just has massive implications for the entire NBA season and for the Grizzlies and where we are and what we're trying to accomplish long term. I will say this too: as much as I dislike the Pelicans, the way that they are building long term around that team is what we have to do. And they, I'm sort of jealous of their situation. I think that they're. They have a lot more assets than we do from picks wise, right? I mean, it's obvious what they did with AD, but like with the Drew Holiday trade, what they got back was ridiculous, or what it's being projected for them to get back. Um, and that's what the Grizzlies have to really do is, you know, collect long term assets to surround this core with, to where we're not dealing with, you know, drama around our stars seven years from now because we didn't build the right way. Yeah, and. If there was ever a season to be bad, uh, even with a bright future, I would say that this is the the one to do it. Just because there's the West is going to be ridiculous no matter what. Um, it's going to be extremely hard to make it into the playoffs and past that be successful, uh, especially now with Phoenix being a real player. Uh, that changes a lot. And then New Orleans is still going to be, I think, fairly good. I think they're in a similar boat as us right now especially with drew holiday loss i would have got got given them like a one leg up on us since drew was such a solid veteran player and now they're they just have a young core that's exciting 
similar to us. But yeah, as you mentioned, a few more assets. Grizzlies aren't in a terrible position. We now own all of our first round picks moving forward, as well as some additional ones from trades. But yeah, it'll be an interesting draft. Any final thoughts before we get started, Ty? No, not really. <clears throat> um, yeah, if we stay at 40, I'm great with that. If we move up to 30 with that situation, I do not want to give an asset to try to move up at all. If anything, yeah, I think we just stay where we are. But also don't want to see us sell it either. I think it'd be fun to have a draft pick. Um, <clears throat> I know the old GM, the old kind of ownership or front office really valued second-round picks. They would buy them like crazy. I don't know if this one is. Um, but the Grizzlies have been crazy quiet. So one thing Will mentioned before we came on is either why we're why we're being so quiet, either we have nothing going on, which could very much be the case, or we have a front office that doesn't let anything out, um, which could also be the case. And it could also be both of those things. Um, so just really kind of interesting to see. Um, and it could be a fun season because the way they've restructured the playoffs, like we could still potentially be fighting for that 10 seed, right, to make the play in. So that'll make it really interesting. Um, but then in the long run, potentially lose out. And then, yeah, I think next year's draft is notoriously stacked. Um, and we may potentially have two picks, depending on what happens with Utah this upcoming season. Because like we just mentioned, the West could be really stacked. I mean, it already is really stacked. And it could be even more really stacked. And Utah could be a team that may be kind of on the outside looking in at the playoff picture. And if that happens, we have a good chance of getting their pick. So it'd be awesome if we had two lottery picks, essentially, uh, next summer. But probably going to be a slow night for the Grizz. But, yeah, like Brantley was saying, some of these other moves that other teams are making may kind of point to something the Grizzlies may can kind of take advantage of or moves that they make moving forward. So still be fun. Let's just hope everybody else tonight makes stupid decisions. That's right. That's what we want. All right. We'll be back at you uh, pretty soon here. Draft's about to get started. All right. Uh, we just got the tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski that Boston is trading number 30 to Memphis. Will, um, summarize what has happened in this draft thus far. Nothing has happened in this draft. That's why we haven't recorded up till now. It's uh, – it's been pretty chalk. Uh, the guys who are expected to go in the top three went the top three. And then there hasn't been a lot of actions uh, in terms of trades. So, um, Ruby is headed to Minnesota, but this is exciting. Uh, oh, wow. Grizzlies breaking. Targeting Desmond Bain. Wow. This is one of the guys that, uh, that I'm pretty sure we mentioned. This feels a lot like a Brandon Clark situation. Uh, Desmond Bain. Okay, let's let's check him out. Uh, I'm gonna research this live. Also breaking. Ty Smith had to leave us out of uh, quarantine concerns. Yeah, he kicked off the pod with us and had to leave mid draft. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he would have a lot to say about Desmond Bain. We're, Has it we're been reported? To... What did we give up? We're we're still gathering information. Hmm. Let's see. We're Desmond winging. Bain is a uh, a wing. He's uh, he was a senior at TCU this year, so he is twenty two 
years old. He's 6'6", 215. Um, his, his shades of, so his comps are Malcolm Brogdon, Alex Caruso, and Lamar Patterson. He's a high IQ guard who plays hard. He also has a veteran skill set and projects favorably as a rotation player. Um, he's, he's a shooter, most importantly. Wait, what? He's a shooter. Knockdown shooter is how he's described. Knockdown. This is... Um, hey, Will, how many TCU games did you watch this past year? <laughs> a big, fat zero. That, I mean, that was the easiest answer of all time, actually. So, All right, so I have the Ringer's um, draft guide pulled up, and I'm just going to read it. Um, pluses, knockdown shooter who thrives running off screens and using manip- manipulative moves to shake loose from defenders. Despite unorthodox mechanics, he shot 43% from three and 80% from the line in four years at TCU. Uh, we're going to take a second here because they're about to actually announce this pick. Unorthodox mechanics. That has that phrase doesn't have me feeling good. Okay, so we're getting more information now. The Celtics will receive a future draft pick from the Grizzlies in exchange for number 30. So let's hope it's a second rounder. Yeah, it feels like it shouldn't be a future first for where this is. Man, I'm excited about this pick, though. Why are you excited? It's it's a guy who was at the top of everybody. He was he was projected to go mid twenties. Like it, it was he was a guy who was dropping for teams, and so this feels like. Another, like I said earlier, another Brandon Clark situation where we're capitalizing on, on the situation. So, all right, let me continue to read um, in the plus column. He's comfortable shooting off the dribble. He won't be an ISO threat in the pros, but he can attack a mismatch or pull up to punish a scrambling defense. He excels at pick and roll decision making, playing with pace and delivering accurate passes all over the court. A solid finisher who can use either hand around the rim. He has touch, which is vital since he lacks hops. He's a decisive player who reads the floor at a high level. He cuts and relocates well and facilitates effectively and intentionally. Excellent defense and fundamentals. He sits in a stance and rapid, rapidly reacts to cut off drives. With a strong frame and quick hands, he has versatility. We're watching the highlights now. First off, great last name. I feel like a lot of memes could come from his last name. <laughs> Very marketable. Yeah, for those of you that like the the Batman trilogy. Man, this is exactly who we were looking for in the draft. Uh, a wing player who yeah. we felt like could come in and shoot. So we like his size, being 6'6". That feels good. You know, I hate owing future picks to the Celtics, so hopefully this comes in quickly. I hope it's just a second. It's just like a, yeah, because the Celtics needed to get off of that pick. All right, let's talk about minuses. Uh, He needs to tighten his handle to create space against athletic defenders, though he improved in that area at TCU. He still has room to grow. Oh, wow. Dallas is picking Tyrell Terry at number 31. So we opted to go for a guy who is more developed uh, a taller um, Tyrell Terry is a little bit shorter and is more of a point guard. So, and then uh, 
Continuing on, lack of burst or a quick first step plus his short arms could limit both his at-rim finishing ability and his defensive impact. And his defensive versatility is questionable on paper because of his physical and athletic profile. But um, it is safe to say he has a lot more pluses than minuses. This just in, John Morant says, Sniper, welcome to the gang. Wow. This is uh, this draft just went from zero to 100. Hollinger uh, just said, have to think that the Grizzlies, th- this has got to mean that they're taking Poirier, which is what we talked about Yeah, to start. So Poirier, as we mentioned, center uh, from, from the Celtics who pr- they have to give up that salary to make this work. <laughs> Uh, thus far, NBA NBA Twitter is just saying that it seems like the past two years the Grizzlies strategy has been open up Twitter.com and see who everybody is freaking out about that hasn't been selected and figure out a way to select them. So, you know, that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, and I think um, selective spending is important. So we'll see what the draft pick is. He Desmond Bain, did you say this? He led the Big 12 in three-point shooting percentage Ooh. last season. That is fantastic news. At 44%. Gosh. So here, here's the question. How many of Dylan's threes would you like to see Des- Desmond take next year, Will? Ooh. Um, can I say all of the ones that he missed or will miss, which is a lot. <laughs> so maybe, you know. That's like eight per game. 70%. <laughs> no, but I think it sounds like the Grizzlies are picking a guy who's going to – I think it's funny because we're so used to in drafts like this, like having a a pick that is a athletic sort of wing or power forward that just – his shooting was always the skill that was like – fourth on the list instead of first and this is one of the one of the first guys I can remember who we drafted specifically it seems like for a shooting so that's exciting that is exciting the question now is did we did we keep so are we still on the board for this for this pick for this or for the second round yeah so we jumped into the first that's the last pick is there a chance that we still have our our second round pick in play that's a great question you mind uh turn that down for a second I'm gonna call Ty yeah man Let's get our COVID friend on the line. <laughs> Phone a friend. What's up, bro? Ty, you're on the podcast. First of all, how are you feeling? I don't know yet. I'm thinking through it. Well, good. While you're processing. I think I'm, I think I'm excited. I uh, I mean, Bane was like a guy that I had seen really, I mean, not really how on, on a lot of draft boards, but definitely kind of right outside the lottery um i mean people love him people say he's going to be great for the grizz i just i think we might have given up a future draft pick and i can't figure out what that is yet so it's i'm still trying to kind of figure figure out what we gave up in return so i'm i'm kind of curious and i don't know if we kept 40 either which i'm also interested in but i think bane's awesome i think he's gonna be great i'm excited about him yeah, I'm interested because it would seem as though the Celtics, with the concern 
they have this year about the roster crunch and the number of picks, it would make sense that they would probably or that we would have or they would have wanted a future pick. So we'll see. I mean, if they move down to 40, 40 is what I was thinking. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying, too, is that 40 would still be obviously this year's draft, which they would have to find another way to get rid of that, which they could eat, probably true. probably do. But I don't know. It would kind of I, I wouldn't mind having that be the pick. Just move down in this particular draft. Yeah, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen, which is interesting. Um, I think it's potentially – I hope it's like two seconds. Uh, the people I'm looking at on Twitter, which I can't – no one knows for sure. Um, one guy said Celtics will receive a future draft pick from the Grizzlies in exchange for number 30. So it doesn't say a first-rounder, but then someone also mentioned that it may be um, Utah's pick that they gave us. Um, which I really hope that's not the case, um, unless we just really love Bain, which he led the entire Big 12 in three-point shooting last year at 44%. Um, and apparently he's like a big-time grinder on D. Fits everything we're trying to do. Can play the wing position, can guard multiple positions. Good knockdown shooter, kind of create his own shot. Um, just kind of well-rounded. Um, which, so he should fit. I, don't, I mean, I think he should fit well. I just hope we didn't give up too much. And I don't know what we gave up yet, so we're still kind of learning that. Yeah, we're we're kind of waiting here because that's the last piece of information um, we don't know to kind of evaluate this trade in full. Yeah. Surely it's not the yeah, Utah I mean, he's pick. 6'6 six, six and shot 44% from three. Like, that's, I mean, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that fits the exact criteria that we laid out and that we wanted. Um, yeah, I, I hope it's not the, the Utah pick just because I felt like the Celtics were more in a position where they were trying to get rid of something and we would be kind of doing them a favor in that respect. So totally. Um, and like, even if it's like two seconds, like I'm fine with that. Same. Um, I just don't want to, yeah, I just don't want to give up the, uh, a potential first rounder for this 30th overall. And I mean, I know this guy fell like a lot of people. I mean, if you were watching the broadcast, a lot of people kept saying who would fit well. And it was like every team, all the guys on the, which they obviously don't know everything clearly, but they were all like, I think Desmond Bain would be a great fit here. And then he didn't go next pick. I think Desmond Bain would be a great fit here. He didn't go there next pick. So he kept falling and falling and falling. So maybe it's this similar. We talked about this in the pre-draft thing. It could be a thing where we like had, let's say, three or four guys in mind, and if they fell to like that thirty pick because we knew that was potentially going to be available, then we were going to jump on it, and we just really liked a handful of guys, and maybe Bain was at the top of that list. Um, so the front office was like, "This is yeah, this is a great chance. Let's do it." It's just hard to know right now because it happened so fast. Even though it's something we were thinking had a chance of happening, it's still just yeah, it's still nuts. Breaking. There's a there's a video of Bain uh, on the Twitter dot com of him hitting forty three threes in a row, uh, going around Twitters. So just look forward to watching that. That's 40, fantastic. Uh, four and a three together. Um, so on Kevin O'Connor's big board, he's number nineteen on O'Connor's big board. He is twenty two, so he's a little bit older. Um, but yeah, he's six six with a six six wingspan, so he's not. I guess. Crazy long, but his 
little blurb there is high IQ guard who plays hard, already has a veteran skill set and projects favorably as a rotation player. Shades of Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, we just read like, that actually. We were give me all of that. We were going Okay, hey, breaking news yeah. also, this is not Grizz centric, but Philadelphia finalizing a trade with Dallas to send Josh Richardson there. Oh, wow. Also, uh, Charlotte just picked Vernon Carey, who I think has bust written all over him. That's my that's my prediction. Bust is yeah. a second rounder. Um, no, no, no. He he was the like freshman of the year at Duke, and I just man, he is the, exactly what the NBA is moving away from right now. He's he kind of reminds me of like the Jared Sellinger. Yes, he cannot shoot outside of three feet. Very undersized and was just kind of like bully balled in college, but when he gets in the NBA, it's just never going to work. Uh, um, so, Ty, uh, your boy is still on the board, and we don't know whether we. If we have forty, he'd be huge. Hey, can I ask you a question? When you hear, I don't know if we have forty there. When you hear people describe players as an unbelievable kid. A gym rat, always in the gym, super high character. Is, is that the kind of person that you like to describe who I your mean, players that are? Sounds like, that sounds like what people were saying about me in church league. You know, like it just it makes a ton of sense. <laughs> I really resonate with that. I'd prefer um, inefficient, selective uh, competitor. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wait, so you're describing Dylan Brooks, Will. I was describing Desmond Bain. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Man, I'm, wow. yeah, I'm, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to play a role right out of the gate, clearly. Um, he's definitely going to be. Oh, wow, Dallas is also sending Seth Curry. Did you say that, too? Yeah, so, well, I was about to. Isn't Seth Curry married to Doc Rivers' daughter? He just, yeah. He so, so Doc Rivers goes from Paul George on the Clippers, who had uh, a colorful history with, with another Rivers, and then uh, – Moving to Seth Curry, wow. I mean, how about that? Yeah, I'm just I'm really, really wanting to know um, if we traded that that Utah pick. That's really got me. Kent, Keith Smith just said he thinks that not only did we give the Jazz pick, but we also are taking back Poirier. I don't know why we would do both. So you said what now, Brantley? I couldn't hear you. So he's seeing Keith Smith on – is that on Twitter? Yeah. Saying that yeah, yeah. that he thinks that they're going to take back Poirier and also send the Utah pick. Really? Okay, so that's, that's not as exciting because that was – I don't know what the last pick in the first round of a – pretty you know bad draft i just don't know if it's worth i mean we don't know yet like <laughs> we're gonna come I, down hard if we get i i will not be happy if we gave up a first round pick i don't care I'm how awesome this prospect is no, i, I, I will be happy I'll, i'm on the record i'm happy if you get if we gave up the jazz pick yeah because why of, it's a it's more so a bird in the hand like i i really I don't, if what this do guy is that? all that he's cracked up to be, then now we have him, and we don't. That pick is so up in the air with the yes, protections I, and everything. Like, there's just yeah. that's our most heavily protected future first. And I think that we took advantage of 
the asset. That's what we wanted to use the asset for is to acquire players like this one. Yeah, hopefully that stands true. And hopefully that Utah pick doesn't turn out to be like a really good pick. Because if it's, I mean, it would probably ideally be like a late, mid, I mean, you know, late-ish first rounder. Right. But which I'm not uh, saying like so the pick just just so, just for reference draft, that's gonna be a huge bummer. the pick it's Utah's first round pick is protected for selections one through seven and fifteen through thirty in 2021 so we basically have to get it eight through fourteen like we were talking about to start one through six in 2022 is the protection there so we get it seven and above which is likely. Okay. Okay. Then that makes me feel a lot one, better. Then one through three in 2023 and one in 2024 are its protections. No, that to me would say I want that pick. Not next year. I, yeah, but they're, next year they're or gonna the year be, after that. Utah needs to be good. Like they're not gonna give up the opportunity to win now with the roster they have. So I think that like that pick would be. It wouldn't be 30 where we just picked, but it, I I would think it would be mid 20s. Which, you know, like, that's still something. Um, but we also did move up 10 picks. so Or not move up, but we, we, we came into a draft. Hold on. He, I don't know if Shams meant to tweet this, but he said that... <laughs> Breaking fake, fake Shams well, tweet. Well, he said Memphis is targeting uh, Xavier Tillman with number 35. We don't have 35. Right. I think there's people roasting him. So did we like trade? Surely not. Yeah, I mean, apparently we. I don't know who for. What? This is nuts. <laughs> this is nuts. Interesting, Xavier Tillman. So a lot of people had him kind of sneaking into the first round. If that stands, um, kind of a do it all big. And I, you remember when I when I mentioned this to y'all like a week ago. I was like, what if we draft a guy at 40 that could play kind of that center role that is on such a cheap deal, and we may look to deal JV not this year, but maybe, you know, before his deal is up. I thought I thought that was an interesting idea. And if we select Tillman at 35, clearly that's, I mean, because he's definitely kind of just like a role-playing center. So... But I don't know what's going on. This is so hard to keep track. Yeah, so right now, here, Brantley, you want to turn it up real quick? Because this is technically the pick that they just tweeted out about. Uh, Memphis favorite and, you know, Iris favorite, Tony Parker, is on the screen. Xavier Tillman uh, went to Michigan State, so Jaron Jackson Jr. pick, potentially. Yeah, I just don't know how we got 35. Same. So then how did we That's, move up? I It's weird because, I mean, like, I could see, like, one of, one of the uh, guys on Twitter having a typo, but the fact that there were two – and Woj retweeted Gavoni. 
So. Can't confirm. Harrington just said, uh, can't confirm. We somehow have the number 35 pick. Not really sure how that happened. All right. So well, there you go. Whose pick are we taking? Let's see. Who, who was supposed to have 35? The uh, Kings? Sacramento. Dude, he's going to love being in Memphis. He and Jaren are like boys. Hopefully Woj comes on TV and explains. I don't hate Xavier Tillman. Like, a lot of people liked him in the late first. Like, a lot of people did. He's like really, really smart player. Does all the little things crazy well. Um, doesn't, I mean, he's shot, I think, decently at the combine from three, so he's got pretty good touch. He's not like a physical specimen or anything like that. Kevin O'Connor had him number 32 on his big board. Um, average 14 and 10. Um, his little blurb is winning player who can easily pair with a star shot creator because of his playmaking and versatility. Shades of Horace Grant and P.J. Tucker. So if you're telling me we get P.J. Tucker, then I'm 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 okay with that. Well, Magic Johnson likes him. Oh gosh. So you know, he does. he's great at Twitter. It's interesting that we got two older guys. We got two yeah. twenty-two-year-old guys. I was about to say the same okay, thing. Okay, so I mean, he's a center. So what does that mean that's happening to our current centers, guys? That's my thought, man. I think, and we've mentioned that we're going to try to use that Gordy expiring. Um, I would imagine, and but Gordy, you know, wasn't going to go past this this year anyway. And then maybe because we still have. Um, John Tate Porter, you know, so like who knows? The next he's Kevin also Durant supposed to be like an experimental center. Um, I know he's had a ton of injuries, but he's also supposed to be a big. And then we just got another big. I wonder if we moved or if we swapped with Sacramento, like forty Maybe and forty and thirty-five. Maybe we did forty and thirty-five, and then got another like future second or something like that. I'm not really sure. And we may buy another one if there's another. I mean, we have so many roster spots and stuff. Like if we find another guy we love, Isaiah Joe. Hey, yeah, dude. The fact that he's still on the board, like, go for it. You can't have enough shooters. Yeah, he and okay. So Amari Sankofa, who was the beat writer um, last year for the one of the athletic writers for the Grizzlies. Now he works for Detroit. He's from Detroit, so he works for the Pistons now. But he just tweeted, said, after Grizzlies games last season, it was pretty common to see Jaron FaceTiming Xavier Tillman in the locker room. I'm sure no one is more excited for this than Jaron. Um, he kind of fits like if if Jaron can be that big, switchable, long-range guy and you just need a big that can just like do a lot of the little things, it's kind of like BC a little bit. He's just bigger than Brandon. Tillman's still like, I think he's like 6'10". I think he's a big dude. Um so well, it's on the ringer. It says he's six eight with a seven one wingspan. Um, so maybe he's not that huge, but it's kind of an interesting, interesting pick. Hey, I'm all for um, keeping our stars as happy as possible with our second round picks. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's the second round pick. If you think a guy can come in and make a difference, um, 
yeah, I don't hate it. But it is kind of interesting that we're taking a big in this spot. Taking um, another power forward. Just with the wings that we, you know, we mentioned wing score kind of being a point of weakness. And there are a few guys still on the board that I would have thought we would have taken a stab at. Um, Isaiah Joe being number one. And then after him, um, there's a few other guys too. I'm trying to think of the names of them. It's like slipping me. Maybe I'll think of one of them. Maybe thought a wing they would go after, but yeah, I thought that uh, one of the things that we saw during the bubble was a lack of point guard depth. I thought Cassius Winston being up there could be an interesting veteran type guy who just comes in knows how to play. Another Michigan State connection. Yes. All right, so this just in. Uh, shout out Jacob Davis, who's in the room with us. Uh, Harrington saying Grizzlies sending number forty in a future second to Sacramento for thirty-five. So we're not right now. We don't have any more picks in the draft. Okay, so we're done for the most part, unless yeah. Now it still remains to be confirmed about that Utah pick, right? I mean, Keith Smart said something about it, but still yeah, waiting. I don't know. Um, yeah. Don't know what's going on there. So, but I, yeah, it sounds like we're out. And it's interesting that Tyrell Terry went the pick after Bane. Um, a lot of Grizz fans were kind of thinking that Terry may fall um, just because he's such a small guard. And this is interesting that, yeah, we instead of taking like kind of the home run swing, which Terry would be, uh, we took the stable guy that we know can come in and basically have a long career, at least, you know, be a part of your bench for foreseeable future. Just kind of interesting how the Grizz view maybe this draft versus next year's draft. I have no idea. Um, and maybe we've already taken our big swings and drafts with um, – or maybe we didn't view this draft as being like a swing draft. You know, since hitting on Jaron, that was a decent swing, I guess. A lot of people were really high on him, but still. And then Jaws, obviously we hit with that one. So Definitely, you can see where we have them in mind, right? We got a big that can play with Jaron and Ja and Tillman. He does, again, a lot of the little stuff well. And then we got a guy who's a 44% three-point shooter that's going to play hard D, make smart decisions, and just bang threes from the corner. Um, so that's encouraging, too. We kind of have that in mind. And we have a we have a mentality, seems like, too. Just hard, hard-working guys. Love that. I uh this this has sort of the the feel of the Dylan Brooks Ivan Rab draft, but you know yeah, similar wing player and a and a and a big in a yep. late first late you know mid second. So well, that probably saying, means yeah. with getting Terry that they're like moving off of Jonte Porter, or they have or they just you, getting Tillman. Yeah, sorry Tillman, or they just know that it's gonna something's gonna happen with Gorgie. He could be a big. G League. I mean, he could just, yeah. We could. I I feel like there's a lot of a 22 year old though to go to the G League. You know what I mean? I or no like for John for Jonte too. It's really raw to go to the G League. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
It, it, so I mean, it doesn't make a ton of sense to draft Tillman, who's already 22, to go play in the G League. That doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, I think it could be just until Gorgie gets moved. Yeah, I think – I don't know what we package. I don't know what's out there um, for Gorgie because I thought we were going to use that – potentially the Gorgie and the Utah pick that we actually just traded to do something else for, like, a current player. Um but that doesn't seem like, you know, that's happening. So it's kind of interesting what we would use the Gorgie expiring for, but I think we're going to use it one way or another, you would think. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, another thing to think about, too, is they could easily waive Guterich um, to clear up a roster spot. Are you so. okay? <laughs> I think I'm okay at this point. Are you sure? I think he's gonna. We're gonna see him against USA in the Olympics one day. And he's gonna. He's gonna torch us. Who's that? Uh, good. <laughs> I, I doubt that, but you know what? You keep hanging on to that thread. Don't let it go. I'm excited overall about Bain. I think that just when you can get a guy like like him with his profile I think it fits well with this team and I, I also don't necessarily mind the age I feel like there's we're we're at a point where we're still building a rotation out and so I feel like once you have either you take your real young guys when they're sure things you're desperate for a superstar upside or you're in a very solid position to take that risk, and I feel like we're right in the middle of all that. And so I, I like drafting the guys who are reliable, and especially when, ones that can shoot and lead a conference in, in three-point percentage. That sounds pretty great. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he makes a ton of sense. I think he fits perfectly. Um, so that's really encouraging. Uh, but you've got to think, like, the Kyle Andersons of the roster, like, the place for him on our team was already shrinking and it's just getting smaller and smaller. Um, I don't really see a role for him in the rotation. Um, moving forward, I could be wrong, but if Bain is going to serve as like kind of this multi-dimensional ball handler can kind of play a little bit in the pick and roll, but kind of that shooter and hard nosed defender, like that's what we wanted Kyle to be. Is it not? And we, it's just, yeah, really interesting. Weird, really? see, weird seeing the Grizzlies on the screen, but we know that's not our pick. Yeah, not coming to us. Um, I'm excited about Bain. Xavier Tillman is, is a little bit more interesting, especially when you have some of these wings, again, like I was saying earlier on the board. But, hey, I mean, a lot of people were high on him. A lot of, like, a lot of the athletic guys had him in the first round. Um, so, we'll see. Yep. Sounds like a smart, just a smart player that's going to do the right things and not make mistakes and kind of aid to your superstars, which works for me as a second-round pick. Yep. All right, well, we're going um, to leave it here for this. If anything else happens, we'll get back on. But uh, if not, Ty, stand by. I'll be standing by. I'm going to research so much. Bain and Xavier Tillman until like 3 a.m. I can't wait. I think Perfect. the other thing that Bain – we talked about this to start, and I'm just bringing it back. 
Bain, this pick also means that we're not going to overpay for Melton. Yeah. Do we know what he's making though? The thirtieth pick? I don't know what that costs. Uh, I think it's like it's going to be not much. guaranteed like three or something. Okay. Like it's not much. I hope we don't, because that yeah that you would think that they're filling. He takes that spot potentially. Right. Like he's a wing. He's a wing. He's a defender. He's going to shoot well, and he's not the size of a point guard. Right. He's the size of a wing. Right. Yeah. Which is what Melton was doing. He sounds like a great two guard. Is what he sounds like. Yep. All right. We'll we'll jump back on if anything else happens. Sounds good. Let's go, Grizz. All right, we're back. We need to clear something up here. We just got a tweet two minutes ago from Adam Himmelsbach. I don't Wait, know hold on. Can this be, is he verified? He's verified. Is this trusted 43, sources? 43K, he's a Celtics writer. I feel good about this intel. Okay, there According we go. to a league source, the Celtics will receive two future second-round picks from the Grizzlies in return for the 30th pick this year. How does this change your outlook on the trade? Brandon? I feel much better. <laughs> we, we literally had just gotten off, and I was just just still emotional about the fact that we had this first round pick that could be, you know, a fifteenth slot, and we moved to thirtieth. So now I think this is a fleecing. We fleeced. We won. They had they couldn't draft, and we said we'll take your pick if yep. you give take some second round picks, which is great. That's that's what we took advantage of there. That's what we said. That's what I said at the beginning. I want to take advantage of other people. Yep. And uh, shout out to. Tyus Jones family. Trey Jones just got picked by the Spurs. You got to think that's a that's a great place to go for him. All right. Well, um, we'll again get back on if anything else happens. Huge. All right. The draft just wrapped. The Grizzlies ended with Desmond Bain at pick number thirty, and Xavier Tillman at pick number thirty-five. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Overall, after confirming that they didn't give up more than the two second rounds to move up, I feel like the general consensus around uh, the league, and I would say in this room as well, is that the Grizzlies yet again uh, had another successful draft. So, um, yeah, for Brantley and Ty, I'm Will signing off. Till next time. <laughs>